902 Brewing Company is the official beer of the Wager Pager podcast. Our friends over at 902 are putting out some of the best local craft beer in the Garden State. Log on to 902brewing.com to check out some of our favorite beers, like Juicy City IPA and Path Pale Ale. Or come grab a growler at the 902 Brewing Company tap room opening soon on Pacific Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. Are you tired of losing at sports betting? Start winning with Kingpin.pro. With Kingpin.pro, you can follow proven sports bettors and handicappers. Each user is required to put in their picks prior to each game. Kingpin scores and ranks users for total winnings, not units, as well as win percentage. This gives you, the sports better, the ability to follow not just winning cappers, but more importantly, consistent winning cappers. You can easily get instant notifications of picks by downloading the Kingpin.pro iOS or Google Play app. Download the app and register with promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER, and you'll get a 10% discount off your purchase. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast with Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. Here we go. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager Pod, where we talk sports gambling, make picks, and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter, at WagerPagerChris. And please follow the pod on the gram and Twitter, at the Wager Pager. This is Season 2, Episode 10, recording live from Van Borst Film Studio here in Hoboken, New Jersey. That's right. We're coming to you from our home state of New Jersey that won the battle against the Supreme Court and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. We've got another great show for you guys this week. We have the legendary Bill Crackman Krakenberger returning to the show to talk life as a professional sports better, Vegas vs. Jersey, and much more. And of course, we got college football week 9, NFL week 8 picks coming your way. But first, joining me... My co-host, one of the sharpest gamblers I know, my guy with 22 New Jersey betting outs, and someone who knows his way around Atlantic City, here he is, geeked up on the World Series, Brock Landers. What's up, guys? Follow me on Twitter, at BrockLanders41. Chris, always a pleasure to be here with you. It feels like these shows come around quicker and quicker, and I can't wait to uh, dive into some sports gambling talk. Uh, What a great time of the year, man. We got everything in full swing right now. Basketball started yesterday. Uh, hockey's in full swing. You got the the middle of the NFL season. You got college football, and to make everything even greater on this episode, we've got the legendary Bill Krakenberger. Uh, guys, you you don't want to miss this. Crack is one of the best guests that we're going to have on this show all year, and uh, he's someone who I've learned certainly a tremendous amount from. Let's get into the fall classic here, uh, World Series. Are we fading Mattress Mac tonight after we hit the Nationals last night on the plus uh, money line, plus 170? For those who don't know, Mattress Mac is a local uh, Houston uh, businessman. He uh, makes a lot of money selling furniture down there, and this is the second time he's done this. He runs a promotion giving away free furniture to people if the Houston Astros win the World Series. So he he traditionally comes and uh, tries to 
hedge his bets by also betting the, the Houston Astros in case they win. So I'm riding again tonight. I don't know about you. I'm fading Mattress Mac. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, last night, I think, was the opportunity to take the Nats. I think that was their best shot to steal one. Obviously, that's all they're looking to do there is steal at least one game in Houston. I'm not saying they're not going to try to show up and win today's game, obviously. Um, but I think that was your best opportunity to cash a ticket on the Nationals in Houston so far. Um, they played a great game yesterday, did everything right, and Garrett Cole was due for some sort of regression at some point. I mean, that guy's been pitching lights out his last, you know, whatever it was, 20-something starts. Um, so it kind of felt like he was due for a, a little bit of a downer, but he'll be back in this series again. And... Uh, yeah, I wonder, Mattress Mac, now, have you heard? Is he going back to the well here again now, down one game? Are you, any Anything, what's the latest with him? Oh, yeah, um, I don't know if you saw, but actually, uh, some of the, finally, some good content coming from Darren Ravel. He oh. was actually uh, following him around all day as, as he, uh, you know, jet-setted from one city to the next, making bets and going back to Houston for the game. Wow. So, yeah, I think he's been doubling down. Keep Even after the game one loss, he threw down more today. I think he's up to over $10 million on the Astros at this point. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, I'm sure, too, now he's getting a better number, I guess, than the 2-1 to one it was for the series price right before it started. So I guess it makes sense in his, uh, in his case, but... Uh, if you got the money, I guess, and you're willing to get down and ride your Astros out, it makes sense. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. NBA's back in the swing. Two games last night. I know you were on the Pelicans like me, plus six and a half, plus seven, depending on where you got it and when you got it. But just the first game of the season goes to overtime. They're covering the entire game, even through overtime, up until the last minute of overtime. What a bad beat. Oh, my God, Chris. Seriously, when you walked into the studio today, I was going to say, don't even talk to me, Chris. You started texting me, Pelicans, Pelicans, they go to overtime. And then I checked the final score. They lost by eight in overtime. I don't even know how that's possible in the NBA overtime period to lose by eight. I had them at seven earlier on in the day. Felt very confident in that bet. They've showed up. I said to Chris, oh, they're losing it now. They're coming back. I wanted the Raptors to seriously just hit that last shot that they took in the fourth quarter, just end it. I didn't have money line or anything like that, so I was hoping the game would just end, but... Yeah, we're back in the NBA. There you go. Betting NBA sides. Never fun with those uh, you know, late game free throws and God knows what else. But that was a great spot for the Pelicans. And did you see Points Bet is actually giving people uh, money back that had Pelicans yesterday? Oh, really? Yeah, they're doing their karma, karma bad thing? karma beat, uh, which makes me really think I should probably switch most of my business over there because that was tough, man. First day of the year. That's, that's not something that you want in the NBA. Bad beat. Yeah, I think uh, MGM, speaking of uh, crazy New Jersey promotions, which are happening all the time, we should probably cover this more often. MGM Bet today, I know, is doing a, a special with the New York Knicks with uh, R.J. Barrett. Bet $1, and if R.J. Barrett scores one point, you win $100. Really? Yeah. Wow. So uh, Bet MGM's been doing this a lot lately. Bet $1 to win 100 on all these things are like guaranteed to happen, so it's like, why not? Yeah, and you know what, Chris, now that you brought that up, we mentioned points bet, we met MGM, we're, we're not dropping sponsorships or anything like that, but, you know, there's so many outs in New Jersey now legally that you can get down on, and, you know, we can't help but talk about some of them if we come across something that we see, um, but this brings up a good point, too, last night, Chris. Last night, I had all my apps open, all my stuff going on with my live betting screen and all that, and you'd be surprised. Have a couple different outs, Check a take a look at the different lines that are out there. 
Um, I was seeing completely different in-game live totals. Now, I'm not a big live guy, um, but it was interesting. I was watching what FanDuel was doing live during that game as far as the over-under. I was watching what MGM was doing. Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunities out there to get better numbers, uh, especially when it comes to live betting, uh, especially for these NBA games from what I've noticed. So definitely, I always say it, make sure you have uh, a lot of different outs that you can access. And even if you're not betting, just follow them. Just follow to see what the differences are. You'll see MGM, maybe the side that was the sharp side going off, you know, like an under 230 or something like that. Well, now they might have it minus 235 with the under really juiced. And then you might have a place like PointsBet or FanDuel, uh, maybe more around like 231, 110 both sides or something like that. So just be wary of that. Take a look at the live lines of, of all the different books and you'll see. You'll, you'll notice some differences for sure. Yeah, we've talked about it numerous times on the show with uh, many different guests. Shop the lines. It's something that uh, it's something that you can do as a as a beginner type better that automatically sharpens your tools. It's just something that's very basic and something that's easy to do, but most people don't do it. Yeah, and that brings up another good point, Chris. I mean, in New Jersey now, you're going to have recreational betters, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I was at the Jets uh, New England game on Monday night, Chris. And uh, first of all, what a disaster. I don't even know why I sat through that entire thing. I uh, went with one of my buddies that's a Pats fan, so we stayed the entire game. But, geez, we should have left maybe at halftime. It, it was just a mess. But going into my, my point, now with the recreational betting, that's all you hear. I, I was literally sitting down watching the game. Third quarter comes around. I got guys three rows drunk yelling, we need the over, let's go, let's go, get Brady back out there, let's go, let's run up the score. <laughs> so it's everywhere now. Then you get some other guy two two seats over, he had the over on uh, Edelman catches or something like that that he was hoping for. So now you go to a Jets or a Giants game, you got these guys yelling at you know top of their lungs because they got money on the game. But it brought up a good point that I just always try to stress to people, and it's one thing that I learned of taking my betting to the next level of trying to be more, you know, profitable and as far as more, you know, professional, I guess you could say. If you're going to put down a bet and it's not for just recreational, just watching the game, putting 20 bucks down, maybe 50 bucks, maybe even 100 bucks. If you're really thinking about making a serious informed bet, you got to ask yourself, why am I betting this game and what is my edge? Do I have an edge? Do I have a better number than what the market is? Do I have a, my own personal system or handicap and I'm a couple points uh, ahead of where the, the market is at? You've got to make sure that you're getting down a bet that means something. And, and I see it all the time. You, and, and it just drives me nuts because I, I heard the guy, you know, a couple seats over, he's telling me, uh, would, did you bet anything on the game? I said, ah, I, I took a little bit on the side, but that was about it. And he goes, oh, yeah, I took the total at, uh, you know, whatever it was. And I said to him, I was like, oh, I think it went down a little bit since uh, that. Ah, who cares? I'm like, so if you're looking to make an informed bet, make sure you're getting the best number you can and at least you have some sort of a reason to bet. Yeah, Brock, uh, you bring up an in interesting point there. Uh, sports betting is everywhere, especially here in New Jersey, the new mecca of sports gambling. We're now bringing in more money than Las Vegas per month on sports betting. Just unbelievable shit happening in the state. Um, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I work in a sports bar. Every other table that I'm walking by, I see people with their phones out making bets on their apps. Of course, I'm slipping them business cards, listen to the wager pager. Yeah, baby, get those viewers up. 
But yes, it just what a, I think I've said it before on the pod. What a great time to be alive! What a great time to be in New Jersey. It's the Wager Pager podcast, guys. Let's keep the show moving. We have a great interview coming up with Bill Crackman Krakenberger. Let's go. Our next interview with Bill Crackman Krakenberger is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, 902 Brewing Co. Tonight I'm sipping on the Quantum Mechanics Pale Ale. It almost has a Halloween vibe with a little jack-o'-lantern label here. It's a pale ale twice dry hopped with calculated functions of Amarillo, Azaka, and Laurel hops. 902 Brewing Co., Jersey City, New Jersey. What are you drinking, Brock? Chris, I've got a delicious one here. It's the Broody, Broody, Broody Rockin' Everywhere. It's 7% alcohol. Uh, It's 50 IBUs, and uh, it's their take on a Brute India Pale Ale. Super dry finish, low bitterness, and plenty of hop flavor. It's awesome. I highly recommend this from 902 Brewing Co. All right, guys, this week's guest is back for his second appearance on the pod. We're lucky to have him because he's the busiest man in sports gambling media. He's a professional sports better with decades of experience who's based out of Las Vegas. You may know him from his starring role on the Showtime docuseries Action or his weekly appearances on VEASAN or his many interviews done on podcasts across the nation. Here he is, New Jersey native, Bill Crackman Krakenberger. You guys can follow Bill on Twitter, at Bill Crackman with a K. What's up, Crack? Welcome back to the Wager Pager. Hey, thanks for having me again. Sure, I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, uh, invite me back on a Jersey podcast, baby. That's right, Bill. We're so happy to have you, especially with all these sports in full swing. I mean, it's a crazy time of the year, but it's a great time of the year, especially to make some money and come out to Jersey, which we know you've been doing. How do you like flying out almost every weekend? <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even phase me at all. I mean, I'm going to a show tonight. When the show's over, I'm jumping on a plane and going to uh, Florida for one night in the Bahamas the next day, and I'll fly back on Monday. It's just, it's just you know, I get my work done. I, I sit up in first class. So I've got to you know, not got a lot of room and I could kind of spread out sometimes and, uh, you know, get to do my work and still, and I, I get the Wi-Fi, So it's not a big deal. It's like sitting in an office to me, uh, you know, it's just six hours and, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy uh, going from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. I'm actually, uh, they have those sports betting in Florida, but uh, this weekend they have, I'll have some sports betting in, in the Bahamas a little bit and uh, I'm going for a tournament. And, and I'm also going uh, for some promotional events in in, uh, in in Florida too. And I've been going back and forth to Atlantic City every every like like every two weeks. Uh, New Jersey in general is it's the best place to bet sports. There's no place like it. There's no place comparative wise for anyone that wants to get down any serious money, or better yet, doesn't want everyone to know exactly what they're playing. Uh, if I make a bet here at Caesars, or let me use a, let me use another place like Westgate or Circa. They're going to overmove the line because they know Bill Krakenberger's playing. But I could play in a place like New Jersey, and I have like Golden Nugget, Sugar House, uh, FanDuel, DraftKings. These places, and by the way, it's only, that's only touching on it. I have about 15 places there. They're not even on any screen anywhere. I mean, I, have, I use the Don Best premium feed. So, and, and even the DraftKings that's on that feed, it's not even accurate. So, <laughs> uh, I can I can make many bets over and over again with these Euro companies, and literally, 
there's nothing to move because they may move the line internally, but there's no screen for it to be on to say, hey, that's an indicator in the market. You know, when, when the Westgate moves out here or the South Point or one of the books out here, well, then, you know, keep your eye on it because if somewhere else moves, then, you know, hey, that's the first place to move. And that's the way the market's going to go. That in Jersey, it's totally different. You can go under the under under the radar, and uh, under the cover of darkness, like uh, Cleveland uh, Art Modell moved out of Cleveland. You can just sneak out, <laughs> sneak, your, sneak your stuff in. No one knows anything. And um, not that I have to do that, but you know, if I'm if I if, if me and my team discover a weakness on a certain team, like let's use a obscure team that one of the ones that we bet or one of the divisions we bet. If I bet a, a team like Citadel all the time or against Citadel all the time, well, after the second or third time I bet against Citadel, because we feel that the line makers didn't have their power rankings uh, correct, well, then maybe Citadel will be getting taken away a point or two the next week because they already anticipate, hey, someone's going to bet Citadel anyway, Sharp, and shape the line. So, we have to make sure we, we make it instead of them getting plus 16. Well, they're going to get plus 14 now because every week they get bet anyway. But if I'm betting at the Golden Nugget or one of these uh, apps uh, uh, in New Jersey, no one even knows what I bet. So no one, it, it, there's no indicator for them to follow up off of. And there's no better yet. It's uh, they can't follow lines uh, and move their lines on air because they don't know what's moving because these places aren't on a screen or aren't visible for the public or even the sharp, other sharp guys. Does that make sense what I just said, too? Oh, absolutely, Bill. I mean, uh, I have like 50, all 15, 16 apps on my phone. It's amazing. On a Saturday, how many, you know, you'll get a full point, point and a half, maybe even two points, some of these different books. Yeah. And I don't blame you for yeah. coming out here. There's money to be won for sure. But I wasn't, wasn't going to tell everybody that part, but all right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the thing, Bill. Do, do you think that, like you mentioned all those advantages just now of how, you know, nobody could see with the screens and stuff like that. Do you think they'll eventually catch up to that point and the, the, that edge will be oh, yeah. gone? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's only a matter of time. But right now, uh, no one includes them. I, I don't think they have the software that's able to do it right now, or no one wants to put that effort into the software. Uh, so it, it's uh, it, it's a great place to bet. Not only that, uh, not only for sharp guys and guys that that win consistently, like myself. Even regular guys that want to just gamble on the weekend, weekend warriors and stuff. Man, go to Jersey and. And you, uh, or if you live in Jersey, if you're living in New York or Pennsylvania, you know, somewhere you pop over the border there, you're going to get paid to play. They're going to give you good incentive bonuses. I've talked about it on many different shows. You're going to get, I, I, know, I don't know if you guys, you probably do know, because you're on Twitter, I'm a big proponent of points bet. So points bet gives you like a thousand bucks in free bets. Not only points bet, they'll let you use all the sports books. They're all giving you bonuses. They're all giving you incentives. And they're all giving you booster bets. And for the, the people that don't know what that means, just to put it in layman's terms, let's use two games a dollar each. You're going to get a three-to-one parlay, but instead you're going to get you're getting back 360 or 380. They add money to it to give you an incentive. You know, it's a limited bet though; it's only like 25 bucks or 50 bucks, but they're basically giving you money. I know this morning when I was on Veasan, the BetMGM app had a had a prop. Will will a guy on the think of as a Knicks get a point tonight? So if he gets one point, you can bet a dollar at 100 to one. To get a hundred bucks. Now, of course, he's all likelihood he's going to going to get at one point. So, therefore, they're basically giving you a hundred bucks just to play with them for the night. And that is available 
at many different, across many different apps in New Jersey. I'm sure you guys know, you said you do play with the apps, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about that that promotion, actually, in our last segment, dude. We we're about to log on and do it ourselves. Um, we say it all the time on the show, Bill. Uh, what a time to be alive. What a time to be in New Jersey. What a time to bet sports. You just mentioned, uh, you know, sharp action, sharp players. You were talking with Gil this morning on his show, A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VEASAN. You were talking about that, what it means to be a sharp player and how there's many different iterations of being a sharp player. Can you expand on that and just... Uh, for yeah, our listeners, subject, and I'll, I'll, I'll let's let's hit on it a little again. Um, being a sharp is kind of overblown. I'm, I, I probably should write an article on it. It's kind of overblown. Like it's, I notice every one of these shows now that have some gambling. It's all they talk about is sharps and first squares, and right. um, it's probably overblown because I mean, there, there you could you could call both sides of a move sharp. You could be taking a game plus three. Now it goes to pick them. Well, the pick them side also has some mathematical value, whether it's your model, your algorithm, your program. So now both sides of the game can be sharp on certain sports, certain small market sports maybe, or, or even bigger market sports with wider margins. So, um, you know, it, it's just so overblown that saying that, oh, uh, the, 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 the sharps are on, uh, I'll use a big team, but I use these, the smaller teams. Uh, the sharps are on Michigan plus eight tonight, and now Michigan uh, – you know, went to, you know, plus four or something, or plus six, let's let you use it. And, um, you know, a better example is totals, because the totals are a sharper market. So let me not beat around the bush here. Uh, let's use a college football total. Uh, you know, game, game 200 under 50, uh, and I don't know if that's a real game, but, uh, you know, whatever it is, I'm under 50 points. And now they'll have a show on it, and they'll talk about it and say, hey, uh, game 200 under 50 this week, uh, Appalachian State, I don't know. Going to be under 50. So that's, that's the side the Sharps are on. Well, the Sharps already moved it to 47 and a half. Is it still Sharp? Why even talk about it unless the line is obtainable? Or unless you make it a point to say, hey, um, it, 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 it was 50, 47 and a half now. I don't know if it's so Sharp, but that's what they were on when, when the line was 50. So that's something we talk about this morning. And on a lot of different uh, – and I'm not down on no on any shows. I'm just saying um, – you know, it's a it's a it's a loosely thrown or thrown about word. It's thrown around too much. Sharp wagering and sharps because uh, there aren't as many sharps as you think. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't say this morning. I'll tell you now. A lot of people think they're a lot sharper than they are. <laughs> Bill, you would agree, though. I mean, you know, the whole key to being sharp supposedly is to just beat the line, move in the market, right? Uh, well, and making sure you win because <laughs> a lot of that. A lot of that market is is uh, manipulated, especially on these totals and and uh, I shouldn't say the totals. The smaller markets, uh, there's, there's a lot of line manipulation. I told a reporter once from the New York Post, I said, point to a line, any line you want, overnight. And he was at my apartment at nine o'clock at night. I said, I'll make that move a point with two simple bets. <laughs> Everyone else tomorrow will copy that line. So there's a lot of manipulation that can happen in the marketplace. Where if this was the stock market, it would be illegal. But it's in sports betting world, it's not illegal. So, um, you know, there's, you know, it is beating the closing line, especially that last. It's not as good as it used to be, but the last closing line at the sharper sports books on the, on the screen to beat that line, not just Pinnacle either. There's some other sports books that are real key. If you beat the closing line at those sports books, that's the determination where later on 
you, you can realize that over the long haul, you're going to, you're going to win more than 52.38% of the time, which it takes to win in this game. So to answer your question, yes, uh, you want to beat the closing line, but no, not, it's not the only determining factor like it used to be. Gotcha. That kind of brought up to my next point. Now, with legalization, you know, getting into more states, um, do you think this is ever going to get to a point? I mean, I know it's already very hard to make a living at this bill. You always say that, you know, it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Do you ever think it's going to get to a point where it's going to kick out the professional better? Do you think that the lines are just going to get smarter than the, than the cappers? Let me be blunt. Uh, I'm a terrible self-promoter. And I always used to go after couch and I still, because of the legalization of sports betting everywhere in these jurisdictions, there's more snake oil salesmen. There's more guys. Just like I said on action, there's so many people on Twitter that now have a voice that say they're a winning sports better and they want to sell their wares and, and, and sell their, I mean, they have, they have no history though. I mean, and, and plus they post as Frankie, the ghost, and I, no one knows who they are. They don't post as a real name, you know? So, um, uh, it, it, it's literally the, one of the reasons why I had to open up my own site. I opened up Crack Wins. I, I spent a lot of money on an app, and the app is 95% free. I write free articles on it. There's great articles on bankroll management, uh, just the Vegas lifestyle, different things there. Um, and then, of course, there, there's, there is a pay section where you can, you can get my picks before or even I, – I, now it's getting too bad where I don't even bet the games. I just give them out on the app because – I can't get to it. If I, but when I give it out on the app, they weren't moving really. Now everything's moving. I give out. So uh, I just give it to the guys because that's my future. The future is doing that. I can't take being thrown out. Just yesterday, I went to go bet Oakland Raiders next weekend. I went to go bet over 50 and a half at a casino here in town. Their max bet was 3,000. I said, give me 3,300. And they said, no, you're not allowed to bet here. I didn't even know I wasn't allowed to bet there. Like, this is something like, when did this happen? By the way, I could have had 2000 or 1500 without giving an ID or my name, but I just didn't think nothing of it. Of course, here's, here's my name, here's my ID, and give me 3300 on the total. But this is happening more and more where um, I, I, I'm, I'm being thrown out or limited to hardly anything, and it's giving me no choice but now to fly on the weekends, every other weekend, to Atlantic City to get down money because it's unbelievable, like you said, 15, 16 spots in New Jersey. I probably have about five spots here in Las Vegas I can bet. And I say that, yes, there's a couple other ones like Boyd or something, but I mean, I can only bet 500 bucks there or maybe a thousand on, on a big, big time game where uh, I could bet, you know, 10 times that in New Jersey. So it, it forced me to open that app and it forced me. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, not short term, but down the line, down the line here in the next couple of years, especially with these sports books charging ridiculous vig because they have such a new square market. This is one thing that really starts pissing me off. All these sports books that are the Euro books, people don't know any better. They're just growing up on ESPN and watching on TV. And now they say, Oh, sports betting is legal. Let me run down to my local casino, uh, which has a legal sports book that's run by Camby or something. And one of these Mickey Mouse operators from Europe, and then they want to uh, charge 114 on each side instead of 110. And I'll even say that about the BetMGM. Um, I know they're an advertiser of a couple places in town here. Listen, I'm, that's never stopped me before uh, from saying things. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you can't charge 
one to 14 on both sides on, on an NFL game where, where you're going to make a ton of money minus 110 on both sides. Why do you have to hit people over the head and rob them? What's the reason why? You might as well just go in there with a, a gun and a friggin' mask instead of uh, putting <laughs> your money up. There's a great cartoon I've seen once on The Family Guy. Uh, I don't watch the show. The big guy says, oh, I got an extra 100 bucks. I'm going to run to the sports book and bet. He goes to the sports book to bet the $100. And the guy in the behind the counter says, hey, what side do you want? He goes, nah, just keep the 100. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. That's what they want. These places are charging 114 on NFL. Are you kidding me? It, it, it literally makes my pulse go crazy. And, you know, everyone said, and I haven't, I haven't said this part on any show, any podcast, nothing. I've done three of them today, by the way. Um, I'll just tell you this. Yes, I know it's going to cost me opportunities, and it's going to cost me money down the line. Because I'm going against their uh, their precious advertisers saying stuff, so you're not going to want me to represent you or be on your network or be on your uh, right for your magazine. I know it's going to hurt me sooner or later, but I was born and raised this way. To uh, listen, it, it, I like to I like to think that I, I'm out there for the people uh, before I'm really for myself. And you know, it's hard to believe saying that. And I'm not tapping my hitting myself on the shoulders, but oh, I absolutely, just, uh, Bill just told you what i told you i just you know i i don't like that these places are charging more than a dollar ten they don't have to do that you're like i said you're going to win anyway so yeah no problem bill i think i think we touched on this last year when you were on the show it's such a shame with the the infiltration of the european model kicking out winners and stuff it it, it seems un-american to me but uh if you'll it's, let us so, but you know what it is too the, the the customers as long as they keep playing and giving the volume then you know uh it, then it's not going to stop. It's just like these casinos that want to have three three zeros on a roulette wheel or six to five blackjack. <laughs> so as long as the customers are there, the demand is still there, then it's never going to end. And that's why the, the local your local candy store or corner store or pool hall bookmaker will always be in business because of these greedy corporations, these greedy companies that are coming in charging more than the local bookmaker, who, by the way, is going to give you credit you don't have to post your money. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying to do that. I, I, I'm saying to bet with a, a licensed legal sports book. However, the one that lays you one ten, one you can lay one ten. That's all. All right, guys, tremendous stuff as usual from Bill Crackman Krakenberger. You can follow him on Twitter at Bill Crackman with a K. If you'll let us pull back the the curtains a little bit here on your operation, do you have a team that works for under you, or are you a one man operation? No, I'm definitely a team. Uh, you know, just like I said it on action, uh, I, I made a funny comment that I couldn't name 15 players in the NFL. Um, I, I guess if you, you know, I, I probably can name all the quarterbacks and uh, and, <laughs> and wide receivers and running backs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have to know because my team now, we, we do the research. The research is done, you know, I have a guy that just reads. That's all he does is read. And he reads social media. He reads the Instagrams. He reads not only coaches, assistant coaches, players people love to talk they, it's 2019 it's the it's the year it's the decade of me 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 so it's it's all social media it's all about what they're doing in life um so you can get you can pick up little nuggets of information just following socials you know so that i have a guy that just does that i mean it, it all it, it also is model derived too this is uh this is not just someone watching tv or listening to the talking heads on uh, on TV and, 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 you know, that's another thing too. People, that's how everyone gets their plays. Up. How does the bulk of customers that wager sports in America 
come up with their play. One, they have a favorite team. They're always they're never going to bet against that. They're only going to bet with them. Two, the most important one, they watch these talking heads on TV. They watch the guys on ESPN, on Fox, on every major sports network. And I'm not down on none of them. They're paid to give an opinion. They're paid to give their their uh, their in, you know their inside whatever they call it inside information. Just think about this too. I was just asked this recently. You know, is there any inside information? Does that still go on? Well, listen. You got coaches that that are that that were coaching last year that are uh, that are hosting shows now on TV. They still have the contacts on the inside. They have the, they talk to trainers. They talk to assistant coaches. They talk to personnel. They talk to the players. They don't win giving out their opinion. Do you think that there's this uh, inside information is so overblown? Okay, you've had a couple things over the last thirty years. You've had an incident in Boston College, maybe Arizona, maybe you had the coach Donnie in, in the NBA. It's few and far between. It's an overblown thing. When people watch a game on TV, it's, it'll never change. It could be me on one side and you on the other side. I'm going to watch the game from my side of the game, my side of the ball. You're going to watch it from your side of the ball. You're going to make cases why you should have won on every little thing that you see. I'm going to make cases why I should have won on every little thing I've seen. It's actually totally, totally like a fog that you're in. When you watch a game rooting for your team, you see every little thing that keeps you coming back the week in and week out. So anyway, but when things go wrong, you automatically will say, oh, man, do you believe these refs? Do you believe? Now, granted, there is a little problem with the refs, but do you believe this? Do you believe, oh, my God, he missed the ball. How can he miss that? How can you? You're, you're just making excuses why you think a game is fixed because, of course, you just can't be wrong handicapping a game. You have to come up with an excuse why you lost. It can't just be that you're a bad handicapper. It's the definition of insanity over and over. Doing the same exact thing week in, week out, day in, day out, game in, game out, looking for a different outcome. What have you been doing for the last five years? Have you been losing money spent in sports? Guess what? You're doing something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So true, Bill. It's true, though. What have you been doing every year? You've been winning money? No. Are you doing it for fun? Okay, great. Have fun with your friends, betting 20 bucks a game, 50 bucks a game. It's not hurting you. You're enjoying yourself. It's like going to the movies or going shopping or taking your wife out for a night out. Okay, great. Then, then, then that does, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're doing this to make money and you're not over year in, year out, you're doing something wrong and you should change things up. Right on. Uh, Bill, you mentioned uh, the talking heads and some of the, the sports gambling media that's out here right now. It sounds like uh, you think there's room for improvement. It, it, do you think there's going to be more content, stuff like VSIN, that actually helps the better win in the future? Yeah, I think, I think there's definitely room for it, for sure. Um, and, and, and there's a sports betting show on ESPN that's pretty good. I, I, I just don't get to watch it enough, but um, you can listen to those guys. There's some guys there that, that are on that show that you know they, they do model stuff and and they do stuff like that. So I, I, I don't watch it enough because, listen, I know what wins for me. I know my guys. I, got, I think I got the best college basketball handicapper in the world. I know. I don't want to know what anyone else is doing. I know what we win year in, year out. I know what my college football does. I know I have good golf matchups. I know I, know I have good information. Yes, I'm probably a little stubborn, and I probably should um, – I probably should – I can learn still, and I know I could. I still do learn things every day, to be honest with you. But I can learn some more probably from different guys, uh, from different sharp guys for sure. But uh, I, I think there is some room, and I think there is some good information out there, though, if you just listen. And, uh, but you have to apply bankroll management. That's one of the most important things. 
You know, everyone steams, everyone chases. I talked about it on Vison today. Um, it's one of the worst things you can do is chase your money, but it's so easy to do it. Uh, it's, it's an internal skill set that is so hard to master. And uh, it's the number one reason why gamblers fall. It's the number one reason why sharp gamblers even fail. Um, you know, I talked about today about the poker players. How many guys have won millions of dollars? Some of the greatest skilled poker players there are, but yet they can't control their emotion in other areas. Or better yet, when they have a bad poker session or two, they'll you know start to play different and maybe some different hand requirements or whatever it may be. And even worse than that, they'll steam out to the casino. They'll play roulette and and baccarat and slot machines and video poker. You know, and um, it, it's it's hard to be all around sharp. I talked about it this morning. And I, I really use some really good uh, examples, even myself in the past playing video poker. Um, it, it's, it's, it's almost, it's a crack cocaine of gambling. It's closet gambling. No one's watching you. No one's seeing what you're doing. So uh, you can over, I overplay promotions sometimes, not often, but I'll overplay a video poker promotion. You know, I'm putting so much money through a machine and then you know, I'm supposed to stop because I'm getting a certain promotion. And I'll say, you know, I'm down four grand. Let me take another whack at it with another thousand bucks. Or whatever it may be, I'm supposed to stop though. I'm supposed to play for the next promotion. Now, granted, I haven't done it in a long time, but I can I can see doing it because to be real blunt, a thousand bucks isn't going to affect me. It changed my life, so um, it, it just. Uh, but I'm supposed to stop. And now I'm actually just enjoying it, I guess, because there's no other reason. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's. I don't know. I know I go off. You know, when I do different interviews and stuff, reporters tell me it's unbelievable. They have 15 questions for me. They got to ask four in an hour. One time. <laughs> so I just keep on going and going and going. So just stop me. And, no, uh, we love it, know. Bill. No filter. Just go for it. Rip through. Yeah. Crack, you got to start yeah. your own pod, man. Uh, you mentioned uh, the crack cocaine. Everyone asked me. Yeah, yeah dude. Me you got to. You got to. You have tons yeah. of listeners, man. But uh, yeah. you mentioned the crack cocaine of gambling right there. That brings me to my next question. How much live in-game betting are you doing these days? Because that, to me, is like crack cocaine betting. Boy, I tell you, in New Jersey, I really um, I really found some edges in New Jersey. I really did. I, I wouldn't have brought this up, but you brought it up, and I'm terrible at lying because I have ADD. You have to remember who you like. Um, and, and, and I tell you, there are some really good opportunities there. I don't understand maybe that – the sports books were they had they didn't manage their side pregame or something, but there are some really good opportunities for live wagering during the game, especially the first quarters of a couple of NFL games. I noticed this uh, past weekend again three weeks ago when I was there, it was unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I think I won every live game that I bet. So it, it's it's something I never really did before, um, but I find myself doing it. It's a lot of work though. Wow. You have to go from game to game. It's, you're better off just doing it on a Sunday, Monday, or, uh, you know, Sunday, Monday night football, a prime time game, Thursday night. But uh, then again, I say that, and the real good positive EV bets I made came on Sunday when the sports books were trying to manage a dozen, well, not a dozen, I guess about eight games or six games at a time. And I noticed they were definitely, definitely off what the market said. And when I say the market, I mean the sharper sports books. Uh, like Pinnacle and Chris, uh, you can follow them on, on my Don Best friend. I follow them. And I've seen some. Uh, I just did market capping, by the way. This was I wasn't watching the games. I'm watching the flow and seeing what was going on and who was injured. This was just market handicapping. And uh, I honestly think at this time you could make yourself a little tidy sum just market capping 
not putting any emotion in your heart into a game, just market capping what off the sharp books have and being ready with your finger at the trigger button to bet some of these live wagers. During the commercials only, too, folks. You do not want to bet during the game. Let me just say this. I'm being very blunt again. I don't trust any sports book during the game. You're about a 7 to 10 second delay you're on. And also, um, when you click the button, you also, the accept button, you're also going to be put in a queue with certain sports books. You're going to be put on a delay. So you're talking 15 seconds. So they have a lot of chances to actually look and see which way you're betting. And I'm not saying they're going to cheat you, but they're going to cheat you. <laughs> yes, they will. So, Bill, I, I got a good question for you, too. I mean, you kind of just touched on a little bit, but, I mean, you know, the Jersey thing aside, you need to have all these different types of, of ways to get to a game, basically. You need to have some sort of an intuition on, on as far as maybe your model, your computer model, your market handicap. Do you think that the pencil and paper handicapper that used to exist 20 years ago was officially dead? And do you think that people really can't make a living off of just market handicapping like you just mentioned? Well, I'll tell you, you would say that the pencil and paper guy would be dead, but then you'd have to say, well, what about Alan Boston? He doesn't do anything at all with any computer model or algorithm. And Alan Boston consistently wins 50 plus units in college basketball. And to be honest with you, that's probably low. And he won that much in college football last season. Anyway, I don't know how he's doing this season, um, but uh, I know he's winning, but I don't know the number. So, and he does everything by hand. He has old fashioned notebooks, pencils. Uh, I've been friends with Alan for years and I, 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 it's amazing the way he does it. And he, he's still, so if Alan could still make a living doing it like that, then yes, then you, you still could. But I think they're, they are becoming weeded out more and more because let's just face it. The line's getting better. The, the bookmaker's getting better. Um, you know, the, people don't know this part. I guarantee I would be willing to bet either of you guys probably because no one knows this. So when Chris opens the line, that's Costa Rican International Sports. They're the ones that open the line first on the Don Best screen for years up until this year. Now Circa here in Las Vegas are doing is opening the line first. Chris always opened the line to one or two who they considered ultra sharp guys first. They let them take a whack at it and then they open it to the rest of the public because it's an ironed out line already. Not so, not so much ironed out, but it's already hit by someone that they respect uh, more than anybody else. So um, I know for a fact that that line is getting closer and closer to what the true closing line is going to be, uh, especially on sides. Maybe not as much on totals, but especially on sides. But then again, you're talking cross sports here in the next couple of weeks. You have college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, you know how hard it is for an originating handicapper, whoever comes up with that original line, to come up with 150 lines in a day? Now, you have to have sides and totals. It may be even more than that. So there's going to be softer markets. There's going to be softer markets, softer divisions. And that's the reason why they have added games on the screen. It's the reason why they have circled games. Uh, so it, 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 it is becoming tougher and tougher. I'm like talking out of both sides of my mouth here. Yes, it's becoming tougher and tougher, especially the – the big games, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, Dukes. Um, but on the other spectrum of that, maybe the smaller markets are, are still, you know, beatable um, by, by many different syndicate groups. And, I mean, I know they are because we beat it every year. Um, but eventually, I think it's going to just keep getting tougher. There's so much information out there. I think it's going to get harder and harder. 
So you never know. You know, these algorithm and model guys, these guys that are analytics and all these football teams hiring analytical guys and analytics, who knows? Uh, it can come full circle where they don't need them anymore. I, who knows? I, I really don't know. I, I don't know where it's coming, but I wouldn't be surprised by anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to respect the number, and at the end of the day, you'll still find some insufficient uh, markets and stuff like that. Um, NBA just kicked off, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh, a lot of people always ask about key numbers in the NBA and half points, how much they're worth. What's your information as far as NBA and college basketball? You, you have any key numbers that you follow? I'll just tell you in the NBA. In the NBA, you'd be, we don't do a lot of NBA sides. I'll just tell you, and this came from the sharpest NBA basketball handicapper in the world. You would be shocked um, that you should be buying onto a number like five or seven, but you should be. Not off the number, but on. So you get a push instead of a loss. Okay. Uh, there's, some, there's some key numbers in the NBA, five and seven. Uh, so if you're getting plus four and a half, you could buy to plus five, minus 20. And uh, it probably is worth more. It should be more than 10 cents. It should probably be more like a dollar 12 or a dollar 13, but you're laying a dollar 10. So there's, there's one in, in NBA. I do a lot of buying in college basketball. So uh, I shouldn't say I do a lot of buying, but I do some buying uh, certain times of the year. Rather than not getting into it, it would only cost me money. But then again, I always get cost myself money. That's why I had to open the app. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, I mean, I don't know if you want to touch on this, too, but, I mean, sometimes you, you find an opportunity where maybe you get down on a game on an over or something like that, and then it gets, you know, hit out of whack, and then you want to middle it. Do you have, like, certain thresholds, Bill, where you want to play, like, a, a middle, where you say, if it gets, you know, four or five points, I got to play it. Like, do you recommend that for, I, for someone? I haven't, middled, I haven't purposely middled the game in years. I mean, I built up a bankroll in the 90s, middling and scalping right. uh, when, when, when it was easier. Now it's hard to even get enough money down for me and my team to even have a sufficient bet for ourselves, never mind middle and scalp. So, uh, no, I, I don't middle. Um, I think that there is some middling that you can do probably if you're an originator uh, around some key numbers, maybe the three or the seven. Uh, you know, if you know those numbers, you can, of course, if you know, that, if you know something's going to go from, you know, minus four to minus seven, then it's worth middling, um, betting both ways. But, I, we, we we don't do it at all, and I know I know a lot of guys that went broke trying to middle, especially college football. Wow! I, mean, I know guys that were betting college football totals that were moving two and three points, thinking they had great middles and under fifty eight and uh, over fifty five and a half, and you know they literally, you know, middled themselves to broke. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Bill, uh, talking shop here a little bit, shifting gears somewhat. Um, how do you balance your traditional qualitative handicapping techniques with more of the analytically driven quantitative stuff? Well, you know, it, it, it's funny you say that because I, I, I get the best of both worlds, really. Uh, we actually have a guy that, <laughs> it's, you know, you have to put, you can't just have an analytical uh, guy that has a model-driven thing and go by that. There has to be the human element. So you have a model that spits out lines, uh, before the line comes out and it's off two and a half points and you're going to bet that based on that. You have to have the human factor. You have to know, you have to factor in injuries. You have to factor in weather. Um, these, these things all mean, mean something. So there could even be something else like not even injuries. There could be something even more deeper into that. There could be something going on internally uh, with that team or that squad, or, you know, um, that, that has to have a human element or a human factor involved when so when, when when you come up with a final number if you're not back testing anything that you're doing 
then that means you're you're gambling with a bankroll that that is subject to you know uh, negative EV because you have to have a back tested method or you have to do it on percentage of bankroll and as your bankroll grows your bet will grow as your bankroll grows so if you're betting you know if you have a ten thousand dollar bankroll you're betting three hundred dollars a game when your bankroll is twenty thousand it's going to be six hundred dollars you know you're doing something right if it's going the opposite way you know you're doing something wrong so unless it's a back tested method to go full full out on 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 a model driven um uh line or model driven play i i don't agree with unless it's it's a tested play if that makes any sense Totally crack. And uh, you mentioned computer model handicappers. I heard you this morning on Gil's show talking about the computer group, and I, I went and did some research. Um, for all the young millennials out there, our first-time bettors, you know, new listeners to the show, can you tell us a little bit about the computer group, who they were, and what they did? Wasn't that fun? Did you, did you Google it? Oh, my God. I read the whole thing, man. All 27 wow, pages. Wow, some story. Some story. Uh, you can Again, for your listeners, you can just Google the computer group sports betting, make sure you put sports betting after. And there's like a 20 some page story of Billy Walters and the original uh, Michael Kent program that was built at Monmouth College, uh, which and then there was Doc Midland who was a specialized hand surgeon out here in Nevada that, that uh, was using these numbers and beating bookmakers. Uh, this is back in the 80s. So it's, it's just a great story about some of the first syndicates out there. And then of course there was, just like I said this morning, there was the kosher boys. There was the poker guys, which was Chip and Doyle, which jumped a, a, a computer program. Um, That's Doyle Brunson that you're talking? Yes. Wow. Chip Reese, Doyle Brunson. They destroyed baseball totals one year. Oh, my God. I was around that year looking at that stuff. That, that was just an amazing thing. They were betting games under nine that were closing under eight. Uh, you know, under nine flat, they were closing eight under, eight under 30. I mean, it was insane. Wow. They were really uh, – they had some really good stuff, some really good programming. And – uh so there was a lot of different groups back then, but the original ones, the ones that were, if you Google some of those names that are in that computer group story and, and, and see who those names are, wow, it's the who's who of the sports betting world now. Uh, or better yet, uh, some of those names that were in that story, it, 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 you know, own, own sports books now or owned sports books now and own the biggest sports book. I mean, listen, it's public what I'm saying here. This is no, this is no, uh, uh, hidden information. If you look at that story, there was two guys mentioned, um, Jimmy Sneakers Everett and Stanley Thompson. They're two names that were in the computer groups. They were the New York movers for this group. And, uh, you know, they're the one, they're the ones that, that were the pinnacle guys. They're the guys that were, they, they don't own pinnacle anymore. They sold it, but they, these are the geniuses behind pinnacle. And that's why pinnacle was such a, sport, a strong sports book back then. Um, I don't think the numbers there are as strong as they once were just by the limits they take, uh, that, that alone will tell you that they're not as strong as a sports book uh, as they once were. So that story was great, and that just gives you an example of what was going on. What a glorious time. I mean, I was just a kid, you know, a 10-year-old kid back then, but I, mean, I can imagine, like, the early 80s and, um, you know, what, was, what, was, what must have been, what edge there must have been betting local bookmakers around the country when they had nothing to even go by. There was no, they didn't know what the line was in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, down in Florida or out in Vegas or California or Chicago or Detroit, they didn't know what the line was at the other sports books. So um, there was no, there was no, no one had, that had a line service or anything back in 1980. So anyway, um, yeah, that that was just a, it. Must have been a glorious time, and I touched on them a little bit. 
legalized gambling here in New Jersey, it's a great thing. There's so many players in the market, but there's also a lot of new bettors that are very, you know, they're, they don't know how to place a bet. They're not sure what to bet. What advice do you have for the rookie bettors that are out there listening to maybe say, where do I start betting? Do I bet derivatives? Where, wh- what advice do you have for the basically the young novice uh, gambler out there? Yeah. I mean, there's great free information out there on the internet. There's, uh, you know, but you have to be careful. Don't get taken by these guys that just say things without checking them out first. And, you know, don't think you're going to be a handicapper because you, you know, grown up watching uh, Kobe Bryant and now LeBron James and, 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 and Kawhi Leonard now and thinking, oh, my God, I watch this stuff all the time. I could be a handicapper. It takes so many, as I said before, it's an overused word for me, skill sets that, that are have to be in place. Don't think that you're going to beat this without having uh, something more than just a, knowledge of watching ESPN, uh, you know, these guys on ESPN. And I don't mean that. I'm not talking about the sports betting show. You could actually listen to some, a couple of those guys there. I'm talking about just watching these guys that are, you know, are actually calling the game. Don't think that you can, you can win just based on that and thinking you're a handicapper. Um, take, take a percentage of bankroll. If you have, if you have a thousand dollars, you know, take, <laughs> I'm serious, bet 20 bucks a game. It just, if you have, that money has to be dedicated to sports betting. If, if over time, I know it's boring, it's 20 grocery dollars, it's not a lot of money, um, but take that money and see if you can grow up, build your bankroll with it. And if you're doing something right, you're doing something right. Maybe you're doing your own stuff that's not even uncovered yet. Maybe you can do your, your own work, but it's not for someone that works nine to five job and comes home at night and wants to bet a game based on something on TV. That's when you actually may even come to someone like me and crack wins and let us do the work for you that, um, and, and come up with, with you know winners for you long term. So there you go. All right, guys, great stuff here as usual. Just one last question, Bill. Uh, we like sure. to end these segments with, with something fun, something a little bit outside of the box. You don't have to get too in depth here, but if you had to build a four-team parlay, which is not necessarily plus EV, right? With three other handicappers, past or present, you all pick one game. Who would they be and why? Uh, Rufus Peabody. Very sharp guy. People um, don't don't. Some people don't know that he's very very sharp. He's actually coming uh, on the I, show I, next week. Yeah, no, he, yeah, I would definitely. He's not going to pick me, but I would pick him. Uh, Rufus <laughs> Peabody. Um, uh, you know, I, I always give you what, what I think. You know, I, I think Rufus is an unbelievable, unbelievable handicapper uh, when it comes to, to to certain markets for sure. When, now, when you, when I, I'd have to go. With this poker guy, with these poker guys, so there's a poker guy, um, and, and they bet like last minute. They are super sharp. Uh, they're only doing, believe it or not, they're actually doing a lot of NFL this year. I, I would have to pick that group because they're, they're very, very sharp. And then there's there's the undercover guys that no one knows. It's the groups that are that are literally betting undercover. I really can't give you no names. I, uh, you know, I'm just giving names that people would know. You wouldn't even know the name, so it doesn't matter. So. But I, I, I would definitely uh, say Rufus and, you know, uh, Spanky's no dummy either, you know. I don't mean to put Spanky and Rufus together, but Spanky, um, even though he, he, he doesn't really originate a lot of things, but, however, he gets the sharpest information in the world, in the world and moves it for guys. So, hey, I would use Spanky in there too. Definitely, man. Spanky, friend of the program. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, anything to plug here, Bill, before we let you go? Anything at all? Nah, I'm really not going to say that. I mentioned my app a couple times. I don't want to oversell that. So I'm, I'm not here to sell that. I'm really, as you can tell, this is, this is actually a great podcast. This will be a good listen, trust me, for people. 
Oh, absolutely, Bill. I, we appreciate the time so much. Uh, I always tell people, you know, they ask me, how do you start out gambling? I say, you know what? Go to Gaming Today, search Bill Krakenberger, start from the first article, read them all through, and that'll definitely help you out because you've, you've produced a lot of awesome articles that have helped me uh, just become a better, 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 uh, better, <laughs> as I, yeah. ridiculous as I, that sounds. I appreciate that. That's a great, you know, I never tell no one to do that. That's very smart, especially those early articles from oh, the beginning of Gaming Today. Great They're stuff. They're fantastic. Oh. I wrote about a lot of things in there, and uh, I appreciate you saying that because that, that's I'm, I'm going to start saying that myself. Absolutely. Good job, guys. Bill. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, guys. That was pro sports better, Bill Crackman Krackenberger. You guys can follow him at Bill Crackman with a K on Twitter and download the Crackwins app where he's putting out content that makes you a better sports better. Crack, thanks for calling in, man. It was great having you back thanks, on the guys. show. And hopefully we can yeah. all link up next time you're in Jersey. Anytime. Anytime, guys. Anytime. All right, guys, and time for our weekly pick segment here. Uh, we're going to start with a new installment to the pick segment. We're doing Frisky Fridays with Brock Landers. Frisky Fridays. Yeah, so to help you guys out while you're listening to this wonderful podcast, we've got a game that we want you to take a look at here on Friday. Take out your significant other. Have a nice meal. Say, we've got some plans for after this. We're going to go home at 9 o'clock. And put on some Pac-12 football. And we've got something interesting for this game, guys. We're going to play the over. You, you want to score on Friday night? You like scoring? Take the Trojans. Take Colorado. Take that game over. You started this line out almost around 60. I see nothing but over money. I see a team that doesn't play defense in Colorado. USC, you like points, there's going to be a lot of them. And let's just hope that we get a full-on 60-minute scoring fest. And if you're looking to take a side, slip in, grab the USC Trojans on a Friday night, 9 o'clock, on Frisky Friday. You want to decide the Trojans. You wanted a, a total? Score on the over. <laughs> there you have it, guys. Frisky Fridays with Brock Landers. Friday night under the lights. Let's continue on with our pick segment here um, in college football. The first game I'm looking at this week is a Saturday, 12 p.m. kickoff. I'm looking at the Army Black Knights. This is a uh, another kind of simple handicap like we were doing last week on the pod. This is a traveling spot for me here, okay? San Jose State coming cross-country for a 12 p.m. kickoff. Their bodies are going to think it's 9 a.m. Army's on a three-game slide here. This is their only chance to get healthy and save their season, possibly get to a fourth win, only two wins away from bowl eligibility at six. This line opened at 10. It's ticked down to nine and a half, so we're getting a little bit of a value here. I think uh, Army can win by 10 easily. Saturday, 12 p.m., Army Black Knights, minus nine and a half. Very nice, Chris. I've got actually only one college play so far this week that I'm going to share. Um, very slow so far this week. Haven't gotten too much information on what uh, some of my guys that I respect that like. Uh, and right now, I've got a game for Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Uh, it's the Florida International Panthers going to Middle Tennessee to play the Blue Raiders. 
Now, I know Middle Tennessee is one of those schools in the past that's been kind of a sharp school. The Sharps like to play in Middle Tennessee. And uh, I just think that uh, this is a good spot from what I'm seeing here for the uh, FIU. You're getting less than three on the road. Line opened up one and a half, went to two and a half, and I see some juice already uh, laying in there on uh, Florida. So this line might get to three by Saturday, might go even higher. Who knows until the maybe the wise guys take the uh, Middle Tennessee the other way uh, if it gets up to three or three and a half. But right now, as far as the statistics tell me, uh, take the Florida International Golden Panthers, uh, minus two and a half. Tremendous info, as usual, from Brock Landers. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at BrockLanders41. So the next game I'm looking at here, Brock, is Saturday, 3.30 p.m. kickoff in LSU, okay? Normally, this is a really tough place to play at night. At, when this is a 3.30 p.m. afternoon kickoff and you're getting 10 points with the Auburn Tigers, super live dog, in my opinion. Ten points here, Auburn flying under the radar all year. Uh, quarterback Bo Nix could be the most underrated player in the entire country right now. The, my power rankings that I look at have LSU favored by only six. That's giving you four points of value in the discrepancy in the market there. This game's going to come down to one thing, Brock. It's the LSU offensive line, which is probably the best offensive line in the country, versus Auburn's defensive line, which is the best defensive line in the country. I think Auburn has a slight edge there. Yes, Auburn is going to be without running back Jatarvius Whitlaw, who's been their, their main rusher all year, but this run game is designed to just plug in the next guy and play. Give me Auburn, plus 10. War Eagle, Chris. War Eagle for you, it sounds like, on that game. Again, I've got no more college football. Uh, maybe I'll tweet something out there. You could follow me at BrockLanders41. Sometimes I get a lot of information here uh, before the end of the week. Um, on things that have switched, maybe positions that have changed. Um, so I'm just going to go right into NFL, Chris. I'm not sure if you have any picks this week, but I'm going to go with my first one on the board here and uh, kind of just going off that intro that we uh, had here about the New York Jets. It's disgusting. It's terrible. But what does the public see? They just saw the Jets get the doors blown off on Monday Night Football. Sam Darnold seeing ghosts out there. <laughs> I mean, incredible. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. I can't stop thinking about that. It's amazing. I mean, the Jets really are the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> uh, especially Darnold. He has, he has the mono, and now the seeing ghost thing. This, this guy, is, he's out there for this year, I think. Was that you on Twitter that said uh, the Jets would have had a better chance starting the girl that gave him mono? No, but I did like that. I did see that. That was one of the most clever ones I saw on my way home from the game. Um, so, yeah, public perception, though, everyone just saw uh, the Jets team get blown out on Monday night by the New England Patriots. Um, and now I like the spot for the Jets. They go away down to uh, Florida to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who let's take a look at the Jaguars. Minshew Mania has taken everybody by storm. Uh, I'll be honest with you, a team I can't really figure out. When I bet them, they lose. When I don't bet them, they kill me. Uh, I was on the Bengals last week. I thought that was a great spot for Cincinnati at home to try to win their first game for their head coach, Zach Taylor. I didn't think that the uh, Jaguars warranted to be laying those points on the road that much. I thought maybe a, a small road favorite, not four and a half. Um, but now... They take care of the Bengals last week. But you look at the box score in that game. The Bengals 
were leading in that game going into, I believe, the fourth quarter. And then Dalton became Dalton, threw a pick six, threw another one, and the game got out of reach. So that box score, if you take a look at it, a little misleading. But here's what I love about this game. You've got the Jets, who people just saw Monday night. No one wants to take them. The line is going to be overinflated. Everyone just saw the Jaguars win. So there's the spot right there. Everyone is going to be on the Jaguars for this game. It's up to six right now. So you're getting a full six points. And here's my favorite part of this whole handicap. The Jaguars have to go to London next week. What do you do the week before you go on vacation, Chris? You pretty much check out. You're at work. You know you're leaving <laughs> next week. You just came off the road with a big win uh, on the road. You're starting to trust these guys, and now you're coming home as a pretty sizable home favorite. And I'll tell you, man, I like the Jets' defense. I know it was nowhere to be found on Monday night, but they've been really keeping themselves in games. I know as crazy as that sounds, Darnold was only there for the one game really against Dallas, and he was obviously seeing ghosts on Monday night. So I think you're going to get a full-on effort from the Jets, and who knows? Uh, the Jaguars are probably going to be looking forward to that London game, and they're going to be playing the Texans. That's a, an AFC South game on a neutral field uh, week eight. I really think that their heads are going to be looking forward to that game, and uh, they're, they're a little happy from the uh, the road victory. And no one wants to take the Jets, so take the Jets plus six right now uh, for Week 8. The Jets, Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Another funny thing I saw on Twitter, uh, someone had like the, the kid from The Sixth Sense, Haley Joel Osmond, grew up to be oh. Sam Darnold and the, <laughs> the quarterback of the Jets. Oh, jeez. Just amazing stuff. Whenever anything happens in the sports world, just you got to log up right onto Twitter because the internet is undefeated and the, and the people are just hilarious. Great stuff on the Twitter machine, as always. I got two games here I'm looking at in the NFL. They're both afternoon games. I know we've gone to this team a couple times this year. This could be a Wager Pager podcast I team. I think I know I, where you're going, and, and it might be my next it. one. Go ahead. I hate to admit it because we don't like these players, but I like Cleveland. Yes, that was my next one. I like yep. Cleveland plus 12 and a half. Everyone's yeah. high off the Patriots. They're 7 and 0, 6 and 0, 7 and 0 now. 7 and 0, yep. Best team in the world. World beaters. Brady can't lose. But the Browns are tough. Plus 12 and a half on, you know, coming into New England. I like that play, dude. Baker Mayfield, nobody giving them a shot. They've looked better the last couple weeks. Give me the Browns. Almost two touchdowns. Plus 12 and a half. Yeah. And the other thing is Cleveland off the bye. The last time we saw them, they lost that terrible game at home against Seattle. You've got to think they've they've been thinking about that game, and they're preparing for this game. This is their season. I know it seems like every handicap we've had on this show with the Browns is that this is it. If there's ever a time for this team to show up, it's now. I've said that like five times, and look, don't get me wrong. Is Freddie Kitchens going to outcoach uh, the great Bill Belichick? No, he's not. He's not going to be able to, but if Baker and that offense have anything to prove, they'll show up for this game. And also, too, their defense ain't bad. And also coming you know, through tonight out of my way here, Josh Gordon, no longer a New England Patriot. He's off the team. They just got Sanu. They just played a Monday night game. It seems like a nightmare spot. Again, if the Patriots cover the game, no one's going to be surprised and we're all going to go, we got Belichick and Brady again. But you look at everything that we just talked about, and I don't know how you don't bet the Browns in this spot. Yeah, man. Another great point. They dropped. Uh, they dropped uh, Gordon. They bring in Sanu. Uh, it's like Rutgers University North up there. I think it's yeah. their, their fourth player. 
another funny thing from Twitter. It's like I, uh, I saw someone say Bill Belichick is just trolling the world by picking players from the worst Power Five conference football team and winning Super Bowls with them. Yeah, and he, hey, Chiano, he was supposed to be the D coordinator there. That's the reason we got to bring back Chiano. He's the one who coached all these freaking players. All right, enough NFL Knights talk. My uh, my second and last pick here in the NFL. This is a team that I hold a futures ticket on that is all of a sudden looking kind of interesting. I got Uh-oh. Carolina to win it all before the season started, and when Cam Newton was starting, it looked like a shit ticket. But now that we got Kyle Allen, kid can't lose a freaking game. Going into San Francisco, another team that really hasn't played too many tough opponents yet thus far. Carolina Panthers with a tough defense. Kyle Allen playing great. McCaffrey, I think, is healed up after be banged up for a couple weeks. Give me the Panthers plus six in yeah. San Francisco. Chris, that was my next game, and I'm going to help you out on this handicap too. Who have the Niners played this year? I'm not saying that I'm not a fan of Jimmy G. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of what this team has done. I know that you play who's on your schedule, but let's take a look at these San Francisco 49ers thus far. They opened up with a game in Tampa Bay. Won that game outright, 31-17. The next week, they're on the road again. They play the Cincinnati Bengals, who have yet to win a game. They trounce them, 41-17. Then they go the following week home and play a Pittsburgh Steelers team who got them a lot of turnovers, and they had every chance to win that game, Pittsburgh, and they just didn't do it. It was Mason Rudolph's first game since Roethlisberger went down with the injury. San Francisco squeezes away 24-20 in that one. Then you go into October. We saw the Monday night game against Cleveland. Terrible spot for Cleveland. San Fran blew him out 31-3. And who is Cleveland so far, like we just said? And the following week, they go to Los Angeles to play the Rams. The Rams in disarray. They win that game 20-17 to on the road. No home field there in L.A. And uh, now they go last week into Washington in the rain. Terrible field conditions. Both teams just wanted to get out of there, run the ball. Washington somehow covers the spread, although not scoring a touchdown. Field goal games, 9-0. San Fran wins that one. You can make the case that this Carolina team is the best team that San Francisco is going to see this year. And Carolina off the bye. Last time we saw them in London, picking off Jameis Winston, causing uh, misery for him. And they've had some time to game plan for this. So I I can't agree with you more, Chris. I've got Carolina plus six in this game. And I think that's a great, great bet to make. And I think that they're going to show up for this one. I think it's a great game. And to cap it off one more time for you, real quick. San Fran, they've got to get ready for a Thursday night game in Arizona. Woo! Situational play. Carolina, baby. Give me the plus six. Well, guys, we are out of time on this edition of the Wager Pager podcast. Make sure you head out to those beautiful sports books here in New Jersey. Beat those lines. Cash some tickets. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast. All right, guys, that's it for Season 2, Episode 10. Special thanks to our guest, Bill Krakenberger. Thanks to my co-host, Brock Landers. And, of course, thanks to the guys here at Van Voorst Films. And, as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Hello? 
Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and text messages are confidential. Here we go. The Wager Pager Podcast is co-hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, executive produced by Van Vorst Films, edited by Van Vorst Films, co-produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice.